Last week we looked at knowing God through biblical transformation, (coughs) being transformed. We looked at being mutable. We can change. We need to change. When we become Christians, there is a definite change that needs to take place. We, this transformation we looked at, secondly, this growth happens through spiritual metabolism. In other words, we drink the milk, we eat the meat, and we partake of those things that God provides. Strong meat, it says in Scripture, belongeth to those who are of full age. And so we eat the meat of the word of God. Let's not just drink the milk through our lives. Let's not be shallow Christians, in other words. Let's get into some depths. And we looked at scripture. The third point we looked at last week, this transformation to be like Christ is mandatory. God demands that we change. It is ordained that we're changed into his image. And we looked at scriptures in relation to that. Verses like, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Mortify therefore your members. Put off, put on, put off the old man, put on the new man. These are things we looked at. You know, when God gives a command, it's not for us to discuss it. It's for us to do it, obey it. We need to obey the commands. We don't have dialogue about that. That's just something we do. You know, in, in, the, in the army, if they give a command, uh, what are you to do? <laughs> Obey it. And there are consequences for not. We go on this morning <clears throat> to the fourth point, and that is in, the, in, the, in your bulletin. You'll find, I think, the outline there. This, this transformation that happens is likened to metamorphism. Let's pray as we consider this. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for the Word of God that helps us to see the areas we need to change in. I pray that we would be willing to change. We would be glad to change. That we would be like the Lord Jesus Christ, a representative to go out and reconcile people to himself. Lord, I pray that we wouldn't be stubborn children of yours, but willing servants, obedient servants, And saying, yes, Lord, because of your love to me, I love you back and I will obey your commands. Bless as we consider these thoughts this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Last week we introduced the thought from Romans chapter 12 and verse 1 and 2. Let's turn to that verse. The metamorphism. I looked all around the garden yesterday, up the fences and under the trees and on the walls, to try and find... A cocoon, thank you. (laughs) A cocoon, because they're usually around and I couldn't find one anywhere. I thought this is a good illustration of what we're talking about here. Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. We read there, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as living sacrifices, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. And next to that word transformed, you could write metamorpho is the Greek word. And that's metamorphism. It's used one other time in scripture, this word. It's in Matthew chapter 17 and verse 2. We won't turn there, but there it's speaking about, and he was transfigured before them. 
when the Lord went up onto the mountain was transfigured before uh, Peter, James and John in, into his glorified being. And the other men from Old, Old Testament were there. But that word transfigured is the same word as we have here transformed in Romans 12 and verse 2. Transfigured, transformed. God wants us to be transformed. And let's go to this likeness of uh, the transformation of a, a grub to a cocoon to a butterfly. Let's go to Romans chapter 3 and verse 10. This is the state we all were born in. In Ephesians chapter 2, we were all children of the devil. We were born physically that way. We have the old man. We were just in the old man. We were old men, as it were, having that Adam. And the first Adam, this is described in Romans. We haven't time to look at that. But in Romans 3, verse 10, let's see ourselves as we were, as it is, with the grub. <laughs> as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. Is that describing me? Is that describing you? Yes. Everybody that is ever born is born in sin. We are sinners by birth. We have the old name. Romans 5.12 As by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin. So death passed upon all men for that all have sinned. We continue in Romans 3. Their throat is an open sepulchre. With their tongues they have used deceit. An open grave, an open sepulchre. Their tongues have used deceit. The poison of asp is under their lips. Whose mouth is full of cursings and bitterness. And you say, surely this is speaking about somebody else. It's speaking about us. We're lost. We're sinners. And we need salvation. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways. And the way of peace have they not known. You say, well, I'm not so bad all the time. Maybe not all the time, but you are bad. We are bad. We're born sinners. And we need to take account of that. You know, <clears throat> I used to grow grapevines all around the fence at home. And there's those little black and white grubs. You know them? The, the butterflies. You say, oh, wonderful butterflies. No. <laughs> they lay eggs. And then they, these grubs hatch. And then they start eating the leaves of your grapevine. And if you don't let them, if you don't do something about it, they'll eat it to death. And there's, the butterfly comes later. <laughs> But they munch on that and, as it were, sinning in my, in my grape vines, <laughs> chewing it to death. And, folks, if we don't do something about the problem we have as being sinners, we're going to be chewed to death. And we're going to go out into eternity lost, without hope, without God, and doomed to the fires of hell forever. If something is not done about our sin. And so let's say that's the form of the grub in this metamorphosis process. And then we go to the cocoon. If you go to Matthew chapter 5. Therefore, and verse 1. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. 
we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. How? By being justified by faith. We believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And what does he do? He cleanses us. We stand before God just as this as if we had not sinned because he sees us through his son, the Lord Jesus. We're justified by believing, by faith. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. And so we might say this is the cocoon stage. We have peace with God. We're at rest with God. We're being changed. And in, in, in that cocoon, as the transformation happens and the scientists are trying you know, keep on looking into what, what happens there, you know, we can look at people and say, what a wonderful change in my life has been wrought since Jesus came into my heart. There's a wonderful transformation. Isn't it wonderful to see an unsaved person get saved, become a Christian, recognize that they're sinners, and see the transformation start taking place? You don't have to force it because it happens from within. The Holy Spirit is there teaching and leading and directing through the word of God and the preaching of the word of God and the, and the meditation on the word of God that changes, that transforms a person to be completely different. If you ever met a person when they're unsaved and, they're, and they were just ungodly and, and their language, their dress and everything just showed that they were sinners. Getting saved and you, you meet them years later and a complete transformation has happened. And what's happened? They've become They've come to peace with God. There's a change happened, wonderful change. If we go back to Romans 5 there and verse 2, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace, the wonderful grace of Jesus that changes us, in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. We don't look for things in this life to satisfy. We hope in the glory of God one day to be made and to be in his presence and made like him. Verse 8 of Romans 5. But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. What a wonderful thought that is. As Christians, we have been saved from the wrath of God through the Lord Jesus Christ, delivered from the flames of hell forever. For if when we were enemies... That is, sinners, we were reconciled to God much by God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And we joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ. This is the change. Then we appear as a butterfly. <laughs> Let's go to the third stage of this in Romans chapter 8 and verse 17. And verse 18. Metamorphism, changed. And if children, then heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. To dwell below with saints we know no, that's uh, to dwell above with saints we know. That will be glory. But to dwell below with saints we know, well, that's a different story. <laughs> it shouldn't be, but so often is. It's why? Because God has not finished with us yet. We still have an old nature. We still have the old man. But one day, 
the transformation will be complete and will fly away to heaven as our brother Brunken has done this week on Wednesday and Lord has taken him into his presence and now he knows no more pain, no more suffering, no more temptation and now he is with people he loves and love the Lord and, and the love of God is manifest all around in that place. Are you looking forward to that day? Are you looking forward to that day that with expectancy? You know, when you're younger, you say, give me a bit more life to live. Hey, this is not life. Up there is life. <laughs> True eternal life with God. In Romans chapter 8 and verse 29, just over the page, Romans 8, 29, let's read that. It says, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. And that word in that verse, conformed, is related to the word transformed. It's simmorpho, simmorpho, not metamorpho. But it, we are to be fashioned like him. We are to be patterned after him. We're to be made in his image. We've been predestinated, that's Christians is talking about here, whom he did foreknow, God knew that this would happen when we heard the truth and responded to it. He predestinated, that's a, that's a strong word. We've been predestinated to be conformed to his image. So, if you become a Christian and you, you, try, you balk at the idea of change and so no, I want to, well, let's take something that's obvious. I want to keep drinking alcohol because I like it. And the Lord's convicting you about that. And you're saying, no, no. <laughs> I want to do what I want to do. We had one who was in the church here. They'd just become a Christian. This is 40 years ago. And he was arguing for the point. And there's, a few, there's three people I could use as illustrations in this very point. But I'm taking one. And he was arguing, I can still drink and be a Christian. And God was working on him to change him. And he was, he had a, one of those tins, <laughs> a drink before, on Sunday. He's backing out of his driveway, big wide driveway, tiny little small car, a mini actually. And he scraped along the side of it. And he come to church and said, that's it. I'm convinced now that I'm not to drink. He scraped along the side of his car and took it. And other people have got different testimonies and I could share them, but we won't. You know, God was bringing about change. They were resisting it and God turned up the pressure. <laughs> and so he will in our lives if we say, no, I don't want to change. Hey, we are not our own. The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19, we are brought with a price, we are to glorify God in our body. We are indwelt by the Holy Spirit. He wants us to be conformed to his image. And he's, going, he's predestinated us to be conformed. That, that's a, a strong word. It's going to happen. It's best to say, yes, Lord, what's now? <laughs> What more do I need to change? What habits do I need to change? What do I need to put off? What do I need to put on? It's predestination. 
to be conformed to his image. And it's talking in relation to Christians, not about salvation in, the, in that verse there. <coughs> Why? Well, in Ephesians 5.27, that he might present it, the church, and we as people of the church, to himself a glorious church without spot or wrinkle that we might be conformed. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, if you'd like to turn to 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 49. We have there this mention. <clears throat> and as we have borne the image of the earthy, what is that saying? We've borne the image of the earthy. Who's the earthy he's talking about here? You go back up in the verses and it talks about who? Adam, back in the garden, and Eve, back in the garden there of, in Genesis. We're born the image, we look like a human being. <laughs> we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. Who's that? The Lord Jesus Christ. Adam, we sing in, in our carols, Adam's image now efface. And then what do we do? <laughs> His image, the Lord Jesus, replace with old Adam's image. We are to be like the Lord. We are to radiate the love of God and the fruits of the Spirit in our Christian life. Um, you read those verses around that and you'll pick that up. We are, we've been born into the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. He wants that. He's going to make it happen. In 2 Peter chapter 1, our Bible reading for this morning, 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 5 and 11, or 5 through to 11. We have this, these words written in verse 5, And beside this, give all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness and to godliness brotherly kindness and to brotherly kindness charity if these things be in you and abound they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ what is all that talking about that's talking about progression isn't it that's we've been made and conformed to his image transformed by the spirit within and all those, that progression there, and the whole series of tapes, I think, changed into his image by uh, Brother Berg, was based on this text here. In verse 10, it tells us, Wherefore, the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, ye shall never fall, and an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into his everlasting kingdom. In Second Peter, chapter 3, and verse 18, 2 Peter 3 and verse 18, we read this. But grow in grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So that's metamorphism, the transformation. This transformation also leads to and results in maturity. But ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, and ye are justified. There will be a maturity in a person that is older as a Christian, more so than a person that is younger as a Christian. There should be maturity. Um, 
we're changed into that image. We're pressed toward the mark, as we mentioned earlier. We're a building fitly framed together, growing unto a holy temple in the Lord. Hebrews 5.14, But strong meat belongs to them that are of full age, even to those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern good and evil. That's Hebrews 5.14. Have we got our senses exercised to discern what's right and what's wrong, what's good and what's evil? That's growing, that's becoming mature. I remember uh, an elderly man telling a, a group of Christian young fellows, young people, sorry, at camp. He said, just grow up. <laughs> just grow up, you know, because they were messing around doing things and being immature. Uh, remember when you was a child? Uh, it's in 1 Corinthians thirteen eleven. When I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child. I thought as a child, but when I become a man, I put away childish things. We are to grow and mature in the Lord Jesus. And this transformation will show that maturity. Dad, Grandpa here today. Do you play with the Tonka toys anymore? Only when you're playing with the grandchildren. <laughs> You get in the sandpit and start playing with the Tonka toys. You know, I didn't learn to drive bulldozers from, from doing that. I remember one of the saddest things in my life when I was about, I must have been under 10, I don't know what age it was, but Dad, Mum, whoever bought me a, a real caterpillar, and this was way back when they didn't have these, they had steel toys, no plastic, and it was a, it was a, a bulldozer that actually went along with an engine in it. So it must have cogs and belts or something in there. And it lasted about a week and it disappeared. I couldn't find it anywhere. I always blamed the, the neighbour. He, he was a kid about my age and I think he stole my tractor. <laughs> <laughs> and boy, I was upset for, for ages because I didn't get another one. You lost it. That's it. Mum and Dad said, no, you, it's gone. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and that affected me. <laughs> Psychologically. <laughs> That's what they say today. No, it didn't. <laughs> I got a real one when I turned 17. <laughs> but, you know, we as Christians just keep playing with our toys. We need to put the toys away and get real in our Christian life. The Christian life is about eternity. It's serious business. It's not just about earthly things. The, the earth and the, the universe, the Lord said he will pack up, he will fold it up as an old garment and put it away one day and it'll all be gone but what will last is your faith in the Lord stop playing with the toys of this world and get real with God and the, the spiritual matters of your life is what is important I know yes we do need to work the Bible says we need to work and we, we need to apply ourselves to the things that God gives us opportunity to but we need to concentrate on the spiritual don't neglect the spiritual by concentrating on the material aspects of life it's so important we mature and last of all this transformation molds us to be like the master it molds us to be like him in Galatians 4.19, and you see I'm just briefing over these points, but you can turn there. I think these references are in the, in the outline. Galatians 4.19, until Christ be formed in you. 
That's what Paul said. This is going to happen until Christ be formed in you. In 1 Corinthians 19, uh, 6, 19 and 20, I referred to them a moment ago. What know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom ye have of God? You're not your own. You're brought with a price. Christ in you, the hope of glory. In Colossians 2, verse 9, 10 and 13, particularly verse 10. Ye are complete in him, the Lord Jesus, quickened together with him, becoming like the master. We sing a song, it's in their hymn book. We don't sing it very often, but more like the master. More like the master. And let's turn to this last reference in Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3 and 4, where we were a moment ago. We started with verse 5, but 3 and 4 reads... According as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain to life and to godliness. Through the knowledge of him that called us to glory and virtue. By which are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. That by these ye might be partakers of what? The divine nature. The divine nature. More like the master, the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lusts. Have you changed since you believed? Is there a difference between the holy and the profane, between the clean and the unclean? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer in it? Are you returning as a dog to the vomit and as a sow to the wallowing? Or are you more like the master from day to day? Is the change a meagre change or is it a measurable change? Ask somebody else, do you see a change in my life since I believed? I pray that there is. Is it a mediocre change or is it a mighty change through the hand of God? As Paul said in Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Be ye transformed. Be willing to change. Let the Master mould you into the image he wants. Let people see him in us and through us as we live our Christian life. More like the Master. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, that each of us can mature and grow in the Lord Jesus Christ. We become more like the Master from day to day as he works on us from within to without. Bless each one as we go our way. Lord, if there's someone here that's not a believer, not a Christian, hasn't even started the process, they're still in their sins. May today be the day when they confess that they are sinners and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ who can cleanse them from all sin and make them new creatures in Christ. Let them believe today by faith and be saved. Be one of the elect, one Lord who has entered into the blessings of salvation. Guide us as Christians in your will for our lives. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen.